right, all right, all right. And so, to be, to be quite honest, um, our desire, just to be straightforward, I, we would love for you to make the decision to make Downey uh, First Christian Church your uh, church home. So we're so glad that you're here with us. And uh, really quick, uh, as some of you guys know that we have, uh, we're in the process of launching our growth groups, and growth groups are groups of 8 to 12 people that meet during the week and talk about God, about the Bible, and how it relates to our lives. We are in promotion month. So when you go outside, you're going to see there's uh, sign-up tables. We have all the list of groups that are available. You can also see that in the bulletin. You can also sign up online at downyfirst.org. Uh, Sound good? Okay, also, we're in a fast. How many of you guys are, no, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand because, oh, that's too, okay. How many of you guys are participating in the fast? I'm not, I'm not here to shame anyone. I'm just saying, it's been a great experience for us, this 21 days of fasting. And if you didn't do it this year, you can absolutely do it next year. It's something that we want to do uh, on a yearly basis. But if you want to sign up for it, like you're like, oh, I wanted to do it, but I didn't quite, quite sign up. You can sign up on your bulletin, just write there, 21 day fast and put your information there. And we're going to put you on the mailing list. Uh, because we've been all doing the same prayers and kind of reading the same scriptures together. All right? All right, now I'm going to explain what's going on back here. You guys can stand up over this way. So they are... These guys, these guys uh, are part of the leadership of Encounter. This is our student ministry. And Francis, uh, he's the leader of Encounter. And uh, these guys are helping him out in the whole leadership process. And they have sort of brought part of the Encounter feel into our stage. And so they're bringing the word today. I'm so, and I'm so excited about this. We've been sharing a little bit about it. And I've already been blessed by what I have heard. And so uh, I'm going to pray for them. And they're just going to take it away. Sound good? Lord God, we thank you so much, so much because you give me the privilege not only to be able to, to preach every Sunday, but also as a responsibility and a privilege to usher in the new generation, God. I pray for these guys. I pray that you'll use them, that, they'll be, that their hearts will be open, that the people here will have open hearts to hear your word. I pray that you will flow through them. We believe that you're going to speak to us. We're ready. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen, amen. amen. All right. So for our TED Talk today, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. All right, all right. Um, how you guys feeling? Oh, come on. How you guys feeling? Hey, there we go. Can we give God a shout of praise really quick? God, a shout of praise. He saved us. He saved us. All right, good morning, good morning. If you don't know me, uh, like Pastor Josh just said, my name is Francis. I am the youth pastor here, student ministries director. I oversee the junior high and high school. What's good? There you go. Okay, okay. I was like, where you at? Wake up. But, um. <laughs> yeah, I love, just, just to let you know, I love long walks on the beach. I love basketball. Like, I say this every time, but I love basketball. I love the Lakers. Any Lakers fans in the building? Woo! Oh, me, I got the jersey in the front. Okay, Kobe. All right, all right, all right, all right. So you might, like Pastor Josh said, he introduced us, but you might think it's kind of weird. Like, why are we, why is there not, why are there three handsome men of the Lord on the stage and not just one? You know, like, I'm just kidding, kidding. But um, we're here today to bring a, a word. We're going to attempt to tag team a message. Um, like we're just going to, you know, when you, when you race and you hand over the baton, it's kind of like that's kind of what we're going to attempt to do, except in a teaching style today. Because I think it's beautiful when you're able to get one singular strand of thought when you come into community and you get into the living word of God. Amen. It's beautiful. So that being said, let me introduce my buddies real quick. This right here is Connor Bro. Give it up for Connor Bro. I'll say something real quick. My name's Connor. I'm 21. I go to Hope International. Uh, play baseball, and I'm a business major. There you go. 
And this right here is Shebebe. <laughs> What's going on, guys? Uh, I'm Shay. I'm 22. I don't really know what I'm doing here, but we'll see how it goes. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Hey, well, like, these guys just fearlessly came up to bring the word today, and we're so excited to do so. Um, they helped me out a lot at Encounter, and, like, so these guys and myself, we're pouring into your students, and we love them so much. Like, they're literally like my little brothers and sisters. Uh, but all right, we've been going through a series called Connection. Connection. And uh, two weeks ago, Pastor Mark did a great job preaching about connecting with God. Last week, Pastor Josh preached about connecting with others. So today, we have the pleasure, me and these guys, of preaching, connecting to God's word. Connecting to God's word, the scriptures, the living word of God, the Bible, and the importance and the significance of connecting with his word on a daily basis. Not Maybe even an hourly basis, if I'm being honest. Um, yeah, with that being said, let's pray, and then let's get right into it. God, thank you so much. It's an absolute honor and a privilege to be up here and, and doing this, God. Like, you know I'm not worthy for this. You know we're not worthy for this. But thank you for declaring us righteous and giving us the opportunity to steward and bring your word, God. So we're so grateful. Pray that it would be all you, not us, and that your name would be glorified today in this place, God. Um, so, Lord, we pray over LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and the Los Angeles Lakers, that you would bless them, your team. Amen. All right, all right, all right. Anybody, um, I'm going to ask the question to you guys today. What is your main concern? What is your main concern? What is your main concern? Um, that's what we're going to kind of go through today. What is your main concern? Uh, me and my best friend, my best friend Justin's actually here. And so me and him, we have this, we have this saying. We've had this saying since high school. And it's going to sound a little ridiculous. I'm sorry. But it's just what it is. We've had this saying since high school, before BC, you know, um, nothing will ever get in between me and fashion. We would always say, nothing would ever get in between me and fashion. So if you fast forward, that was in high school, and you fast forward um, to like two years, or last year, me and Justin were at a church in Arizona, and um, there was this, we had this serve day at this church in Arizona. We were going to go clean out some woman's uh, backyard, and we were going to uproot some trees and, and like dig some holes and throw stuff away into this truck. And it was going to be, it was a serve day. You know, you're going to get dirty and sweaty and it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's gonna, it was going to be a mess. But it's a serve day. It's for the Lord. And so um, that morning, me and Justin were getting ready. We, you know, we took our showers and we we're getting ready, putting our clothes on. And like literally a guy from the church comes in and is like, hey, what's taking you guys so long? We got to go. And me and Justin just look at each other and we're like, nothing will ever get in between me and fashion. So we're trying to, our main concern, like, yes, we were going to go serve, but our main concern was to look good while serving, right? Because if you look good, you feel good. Amen. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but our main concern was to look good while serving. And if we're being brutally honest, we can come into this place today and our main concern is to look good while serving. Our main concern could be, I just want to look good in front of everybody. I want to look good in front of my peers. I want to look good in front of my family, if we're being honest. And that's me. I'm included in that statement just as much as anybody. I want to present this perfect image of myself. But we have, if we're being honest, we have lost the essence sometimes of what church is all about, of what this whole thing is all about. See, we come to church to try to look good while serving. Um, and we just like to check this box, right? I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. 
I'm going to church. I, you know, I read my devotional in the morning. But is this book, the scripture, the word of God, is it actually our main concern? I think that's a valid question to ask. And I, I, I'm honest, sometimes it's not my main concern. But is it our main concern? And um, we're going to go through a passage in 2 Timothy chapter 3 today. Um, it's, it's written by Paul. And just a little bit of context. Paul, is, um, he discusses his main concern in this book. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 12 through 17 is what we'll go through. And um, Paul is in prison, right? This is just a little bit of context. He's in prison, and he is awaiting execution. Like, he know, he's on death row. Anybody ever been on death row? I didn't think so. So, like, he, Paul, the writer of 2 Timothy, is on death row, and he addresses his main concern. And there's a lot of things that are going wrong. Um, he's imprisoned. He's awaiting his, he's on his deathbed, right? His friends, friends would come visit you in prison. His friends are all abandoning him. Nobody comes to visit him anymore. So he's an old man in prison waiting for his execution, and he's writing this letter to Timothy, and his main concern comes out. And his main concern is the sound teaching of God's word for correct understanding of what God's done. Like, Matt, if you were on death row, would that be your main concern? Like, I'd be like, yo, 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 are my kids okay? Or is little Johnny okay? Oh, what about my, what about my inheritance to my kids? That would be like my main concern. But Paul's main concern is, like, Timothy, I need you to know the hope that is in Jesus— I need you to teach this word so faithfully because this word has the power to transform. Because we believe that the truth that is in this book, it doesn't just change your life, it gives you life, right? And so that's his main concern. And so through understanding God's word more, that's why it's so important, um, Jesus expects his followers to actually obey and allow the Holy Spirit to sanctify us. What is sanctification, you ask? Thank you for asking. Sanctification. So when, when, when the, the moment that we believe in Jesus, his sacrifice on the cross becomes real to us, and we accept him as our Lord and Savior, that's justification. We've been declared righteous. After that, we're in this process of sanctification, which is looking more like Jesus every day, getting more holy every day. And how do we do that? Well, we don't do it. The Holy Spirit comes and, and does it upon us, but we have to get in this word so we know what we're actually worshiping. We know what, we're actually, what we actually believe is through this book. So that's sanctification. Um, so Paul writes first and second Timothy to, to his spiritual son, Timothy, to encourage him and remember the main thing. And remember, Paul's going through a rough time. He's going through a rough time, and his main concern is Timothy, I need you to make sure you get this message across. I may, uh, Timothy, I, I, I need you to make sure that you preach sound doctrine to this church because this book has the ability to transform lives. The message of Jesus Christ has the ability to not change your life, but give you life. That's his main concern. And when, when you read this book, it'll produce sanctification. So what is, what is, our, what is our main concern? You know, I mean, it might be, looking good while serving, <laughs> like me. Uh, it might be your finances and your family, and those are all great things. But I think Jesus calls us to have our main concern be this book and be his plan for our lives. Um, with that being said, write down the title of our message today, Connecting to God's Word Produces Sanctification. Connecting to God's Word Produces Sanctification. Um, 
Let's get right into it. So when we connect to this word, when we read this word faithfully, it will produce sanctification within us. Now, let's get right into it. Point number one, um, if, if we could get on there. Acquainting produces sanctification. Acquainting produces sanctification. I want to read 2 Timothy 3, 12 through 15. So remember, Paul's in prison awaiting execution. And he's writing, to Tim- he's writing this to Timothy, his prodigy. It says, Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and imposters will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from who you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted. Somebody say acquainted. Acquainted. You have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. So good. And so what Paul is saying is like, you need, to, you need to get in this book because this book has the ability to bring you the knowledge of salvation, of what Jesus did, the finished work of Jesus on the cross, right? Notice here how Paul contrasts those in Christ and those outside of Christ. Those outside of Christ the evil people and imposters, which was all of us at one time. Don't get it twisted. We were all those evil people and all imposters. That was all of us at one point. They will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, meaning the church, us in Christ, um, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you have learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, in Christ Jesus. See, when you acquaint, when we acquaint ourselves with the Word of God, we would we will receive the wisdom of salvation. That's we will we don't know what God God is not good to us if we don't know what this is. Like we don't we won't know how good God is to us if we don't read this book. So we have to acquaint ourselves with this book. Like I don't want you to believe me. I don't want you to take my word for it. I want us to get into the word of God ourselves and hunger and thirst for this word that gives life. When we acquaint ourselves with the word of God, it will definitely produce sanctification, holiness, looking more holy over time. Is our main concern reading this book? That's, that's, it's a valid question. I ask myself every day. And I don't know about you, but I want to know Jesus. I want to know everything about Jesus. I want to know his character. I want to know what he did for me. I want to know everything about Jesus. And the way we do that is through acquainting with this book. And I'm sure we would all like that Louis Vuitton bag. We would all like more money. We would all like super duper happiness. But my main concern, our main concern has to be reading this book. Because it's one thing to know about Jesus. And it's one thing to know Jesus. So that's a valid question we got to ask ourselves. Is Jesus and his word our main concern? Shay, you want to add on to that? Yeah, thank, thanks, Francis. Wasn't that a great job by Francis? This guy just, doesn't he just know what he's doing? My part's not going to be like that. So, <laughs> but, but he had a good point. It's so good. So in order to know Jesus, we have to acquaint ourselves with this book. That actually brings us to our second point. Can we get up? Scripture produces sanctification. Not only acquainting ourselves with scripture, but the scriptures themselves are what, uh, are what produce sanctification. And so one thing you should know up front about scripture is that this thing, oh, shout out to Biola Pocket Bible. This thing right here, this is not a rule book. This is not rules to tell you how to find grace. I mean, it is, but it's not rules to obey in order to be saved. 
this is in instructions right here. This is instructions. Even, even the Old Testament back in the day called the Torah, like that's often translated to the law. We think of law, we think of punishment. That, that word in the original language in the Hebrew is actually more accurately translated as instructions. And so we're not doing this to be saved. We're doing this because we are saved. We are already saved by what Jesus did on the cross, not by how memorized this book is right here. And even, even looking back in Exodus, like look at Israel. Uh, they were in slavery, and God came in, sent the ten plagues, and freed them from slavery. He delivered them from the Egyptians. And he didn't, he didn't give them his word in slavery and says, if you guys do every one of these things, then maybe I might save you. No, he saved them. He delivered them. He brought them into freedom and then gave them his word. He gave them his word because that's how they become uh, good witnesses for, G- or for, for God for good witnesses to how good their God really is. But it's not only instructions. It is instructions. It's not only instructions. And let's, I'm going to continue on the passage that Francis was just going on. So if we could put that up. It's 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. It says, all scripture, say all scripture. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. All right, so all scripture, all scripture is God-breathed. And if you're looking at the original languages that both of these were written in, uh, Old Testament was Hebrew, New Testament was Greek, for both of these words, the word that's used for breath is the same word that's used for spirit. So when it's saying that all scripture is God-breathed, saying God breathed his spirit into these words, that these... These right here aren't just words on pages that God breathed his life into this thing. And that's why we need to take this a little more serious, you know, because, because there's life in this. This book will speak to you. So uh, um, when it breathed out by God, the first thing that I think of when I think of breathed out by God is the creation account. It was the first time that, that God created everything and he created man, the only thing that was created in his image, the only thing that wasn't created according to its likeness. So we go ahead and put this next, Genesis 2. It states that, Then the Lord God formed the man out of dust from the ground and breathed into the nostrils breath of life, or the spirit, breathed in the spirit of life, and the man became a living creature. God took the dust, something he had already created, something without life, and breathed his spirit into it to create man. And even in Matthew, in, in Matthew, Jesus' conception, it says in Matthew 1 that uh, even uh, Mary was pregnant with a child of the Holy Spirit, that the child, the life was brought to Mary, that the spirit, the spirit that's being breathed, that spirit is what gave life to man. It's what gave life to Jesus, and it's what gives life to this word right here. So we, when we see that it's all scripture is God-breathed, that's not something to take lightly. And going on to the, next, the second part, if we could bring that back up, verse six, 16 and 17, it says, profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. So if you're looking at these things, it's kind of interesting the way that they're laid out because teaching, the first and last one, teaching and training and righteousness are both referring to what you believe. Like it's what you're understanding, your doctrine. So the first and the last one are about doctrine and belief. The, the middle two are actually similar as well because they're about 
your actions or your behavior. So the way that it's laid out, it's actually called a chiasm or chiastic structure. And you could come talk to me after if you want about it. It's just Bible nerd stuff. But, uh, but so the way that it's laid out, uh, the author, God, was wanting you to see that this is a big deal. I want you to look here. This isn't just laid out however. These aren't just thrown together. This is laid out specifically in a specific way so that you recognize how big of a priority that these things are. And the way that I like to look at it is it's looking at belief and behavior, doctrine and action. And I like to think about myself like, okay, if, if I'm not believing the right things, how can I act the right way? If, I'm, if I don't understand the truth of who God really is, then how can I live the way that he's really called me to live? And so we need to be able to connect the truth from this book, the truth that we read, the truth about God's character, and re reflect that into the way that we live our lives. And the purpose is in verse 17. It says, so that the man of God may be complete, equipped, ready for every good work. And you got to think about good works. Paul's preaching to Timothy. Timothy. Paul's whole life is ministry. Timothy's whole life is ministry. And so when he's talking about every good work, he's not talking about mowing the lawn. Like, like he's not talking about like sitting on in a cubicle nine to five, like God will equip you for these things. And I'm not saying that they're bad works. I am sure that we, everyone in here does some way, shape or form of good works. But when 10 years pass, when 50 years pass, 100 years pass, and generations have been gone, like what's really gonna still be there? What's really gonna matter? The things that are gonna matter, the, all the good works, those are things that are building the kingdom of God, that are edifying the church, that are growing in our personal faith as well as helping others to grow in their faith. So when we're looking at every good work, like this, this, is, a, this is a big deal. Even the prophet Isaiah says, that the grass will wither and the flowers will fade, but the word of God will stand forever. So when we're looking at this word of God, this is, this is real. There's power in this book. There's life in this book. God will speak to you through this book. And so the last thing I want to ask before passing it over to Connor, bro, is uh, how are we treating scripture? How are we looking at scripture? Is scripture our first response or is it our last resort? Is, is scripture something that you put aside time for? Or is it something that's, uh, maybe if I have time, I'll get to it. And you know, we never have time. We, know, we don't get to it. Is it a priority? Because we're called to live like Jesus and to be sanctified, we have to get to know him through his word and connect what we believe about him, the truth about him to how the, the way that we live our lives. Amen? Good? All right, Connor, bro, let's land this plane. Give it up for Shay. That was good, huh? So like Shay mentioned, our actions are very important. So our third point is action produces sanctification. And what is your faith without action? Well, it's just an opinion. Um, we're going to go ahead and jump to James. And James was written to Jewish Christians that thought because Jesus died for them, and grace was there, that they could do whatever they want. And so James 2, 17 through 19, you can go ahead and put it up there. Oh, perfect, it's there. It says, uh, in the same way, faith by action, or excuse me, sorry. In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Can everybody say, is dead? There you go. But someone will say, you have faith. 
I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God? Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. So belief in one God isn't enough. Um, You know what else is dead without faith is this book. So I'm going to be talking about actions a little bit. And why are actions important? Well, God is the only person that can see your heart. They can see what's on the inside. The good, the beautiful, the pure on the inside, but also the, the evil, the brokenness, and the messy. Well, those around you, they see you by your actions. You know, they, they see you by your deeds, the fruit that you bear. And I'm going to go ahead and uh, jump to Matthew 17, or excuse me, Matthew 15. Wow. Matthew 7, 15 through 20. It's my second sermon, if you uh, haven't noticed. So, Matthew seven fifteen through 20 says, Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Tongue twister. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Yikes. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. So by their fruit, you will recognize them. This is Jesus talking, and he's preaching a sermon on the mount. And this is right before he goes and gets into all these miracles. But we all bear fruit, and we are recognized by the fruit that we bear. And so I was, I was really thinking about this, and I was at Drip. It's a coffee shop in Fullerton. Amazing. Um, and I was with a friend, and I was thinking, you know what? If I'm going to bear, like, actual fruit, I want to be an avocado tree, you know? For those of you, those of you who don't know, avocado is a, it's a healthy, it's, it's a fat, and it's, it's really good for you. And so since it's a healthy fat, I was like, man, I want to produce, like, fat faith, you know? I don't, want my, I don't want my faith to be, like, lean and skinny like me. I want it, like, this fat old plump faith, you know? And... I was thinking, I was like, all right, so I was, I was really looking into it, and you know how long it takes for an avocado tree to get big enough to actually produce fruit? Once the seed is planted, 10 to 15 years. After it grows big enough, two to three years. Like, that's a long time. Then I really thought about it, and I was like, man, that's me, you know? This, like, Jesus' seed was planted by my mother well over 10 to 15 years ago. And I'm going to be really real with you guys, I had no direction. I didn't jump into that because I didn't want to be convicted. My seven-year addiction to porn, my drunkenness every weekend, my showing up to church still drunk from the night before, like, that was not watering my tree whatsoever. And I'm getting, like, choked up by it, but we're messy, you know? And I learned about a a little over a year ago that this right here, this was what I needed. This was a connection to Jesus himself. This was the water for that seed. This is the water for my tree. Like, this is what I needed. And it all came to life once I realized that. And so, man, sorry about that. That With that being said, grace is always given, you know, and and sanctification and this whole walk, it takes time. I'll kind of keep going with the fruit analogies. Faith and sanctification is like a diet. You know, if you, if you consume sin, consume sin, a.k.a. like McDonald's, junk food, you know, you're not going to be that healthy. So consume sin, receive Christ. Your ways are still going to be in sinful nature. 
you are going to have to know how to eat that salad. Or for some of you, Daniel fast. Um, but I was like, okay, so I accept Jesus. Now what? This is what? Right here. This will help you and be your salad. This will water your tree. And because fruit is a reflection of your faith, the more your tree grows, the bigger it gets, the more fruit you bear, and the more others around you truly see who God is through you. Because we are all, what's the word I'm looking for here? Ambassadors, there it is. We are all ambassadors of Jesus Christ. And so, what are the fruits, you ask? Well, Galatians 5, 23-23 says, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. So right there, love, joy, peace. We serve a God of joy. We serve a God of peace, of love. We do not serve a God of depression. We do not serve a God of anxiety. Those are lies straight from the devil, and those are poison to the seed. Those are poison to the tree. So, with that being said, any Toy Story fans in here? Show of hands, maybe? Yeah, there you go. All right. So, you guys, uh, you guys all know who Buzz is, you know? And uh, the three little alien guys that, that are about Francis's height. Um, <laughs> no. But uh, Buzz Lightyear, right, he saves these three little alien dudes, and they're, wow, you've saved our lives. We are eternally grateful, right? They want to know Buzz Lightyear, and they want to serve Buzz Lightyear. They're all about Buzz Lightyear. And Jesus, why aren't we those three little alien guys? Jesus saved us from the fiery pits of hell, from pools of sulfur. And if you don't believe me, read Revelation. Fiery pits of hell, pools of sulfur. It's not a pleasant place. It's ugly, man. And what is your main concern? Is, is your main concern what Jesus can do for you in your life or what he has already done for you by, by saving you from those fiery pits and, and the, the pools of sulfur? And with that being said, man, it all, it all comes back to just to needing Christ. And right here, being the personal connection, the living word of God, I literally have it on there. But uh, the personal connection to Christ himself, I mean, this is how you grow stronger. This is how you become more sanctified. This is literally the instruction book on how to do it. And if it's not Jesus, then why are we all here? You know, it all comes back to needing a savior and needing the man who took place on a tree who lived a perfect life and died for us unworthy, messy, broken people. So let me pray for us. Lord, we just, uh, we thank you for another opportunity on this, on this beautiful earth, Lord. Um, we're so blessed for, for you sending a Savior, um, being Jesus, and just, just dying on our cross, and, and for our brokenness, and messiness, and, and evil inside of us, Lord. And we just, we just pray that we can continue to grow more like you, Lord. Um, we just pray that we can really, really get to know what it means to become sanctified, Lord, and, and, and that if we need help, Lord, that we just, we just open up the Bible. We just open up your word because it's, it's God-breathed. It is of you, and it is straight from your mouth. And, and I just pray that if somebody is in here right now struggling, Lord, that, 
that they can seek help, they can seek the Bible. Their first initial reaction is not to seek food or, or alcohol or pornography or whatever they're dealing with, Lord, whatever they struggle with. I just pray that they seek you first, first seek the kingdom. Lord, we love you, we thank you. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen.